Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, babes. It's James here. Our episode today was recorded before our community was rocked by the tragic killing of trans girl Brianna Jai. Brianna was a strong, fearless, one-of-a-kind teenage girl who was taken from our world way too soon after a violent attack in Warrington, England last month. Trans people across the UK and the world face discrimination, disadvantage and violence. And a gay and a non-gay stands in solidarity and power with the trans and non-binary community. Today, we're joined by our friend Eva Echo. Eva is an incredibly inspiring member of our community who's been booked and busy taking NHS England to court over its despicably long waiting times for trans patients. Eva's here to give us an update on that and to fact check some of the biggest lies the UK press regularly tells about trans people. This is an empowering episode about a woman fearless in her fight for equality. Coming up... If I give in now, I've just, I've wasted my life. I have a chance to be me, to be my authentic self now. And I'm not going to let anybody stand in the way of that. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Eva, you were suing the NHS over the extremely long waiting times for trans people, right? So at the moment, the NHS um, constitution states 18 weeks from when you're referred by a GP to a specialist service, and you should have your first appointment within that. Most people generally do. However, with the trans community in England, you are looking at four, five years at least for your first appointment. So myself, along with Good Law Project and three other claimants, we launched legal action against NHS England to challenge that, basically stating that it's unlawful and discriminatory. No other area within the NHS actually openly measures waiting times in years like this. And people are dying. People are really struggling because there's no mental health support or any other support whilst we're waiting. So we had our hearing at the end of November. This case has been going on for about 18 months now. And we finally had our day and a half in courts where the the judge heard both sides. And we recently had the the judgment handed down to us. And the judgment was... Unfortunately, we weren't successful in our challenge. Why? Well, the judge ruled that it's a target duty, this 18-week rule that they have, and we argued that it's a legal duty. If it's legal, then therefore they must meet that requirement. But the judge heard all the evidence and decided it's target duty, basically administrative. If you hit it, you hit it. If you don't, you don't. But we argued, what's the point of having a target if it's not enforceable? But there was also some positive news about trans youth. Yes. So NHS England argued that trans youth aren't covered by the Equality Act. Basically, um, to be covered, you have to propose to undergo or be going through gender reassignment. And they argued that 
if you're a trans youth, then you technically haven't started that process yet and therefore would not be covered. I think I'm lost already. Anyone under 18 yeah. that's trans, the, the NHS were arguing that they're not covered by... The Equality Act. So basically uh, protection against discrimination. Surely everybody in the United Kingdom is protected by the Equality Act regardless of age. Technically, yes. But there's a very specific section of the Equality Act which covers trans people. So they're, they're arguing that that section does not cover trans youths. I'm going to be really thick with my questioning today. I just want everyone to know that. And the reason for that is that I, I get questioned by people like my neighbour, like what's going on? And I don't officially know. So I'm just going to be really dumb and ask you this. If trans people under the age of 18 are not covered by the Equality Act in the eyes of the NHS in England, what does that mean? They can just say whatever they want to trans people? What, what does that look like in layman's terms? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so what you would class as discrimination, they could get away with it. So things like misgendering, um, you know, you, you don't have to respect that person's pronouns or anything like that. So they are quite happy. Dan, please cut in if you want. Well, I'm, ju- I'm just... <laughs> They're quite happy. <laughs> They're quite happy to stand up and say proudly, no, we want to be able to misgender trans people because actually they're not covered by the Equality Act. Yeah. Why would they do that? Because as far as they're concerned, they don't see trans youths as trans people because they've not undergone any part of gender reassignment. So therefore, they're not covered. That's the case just for trans youths. Just for trans youths, yes. Because there's no sur- you're not allowed surgery, you're not allowed any hormones or anything like that until the age of 18. Yeah. So they argued that basically, until you have that point where you start HRT, you've had that diagnosis, you want surgery, blah, then you're technically not undergoing a transition for gender reassignment. However, the judge did state that just by even going through a social transition, so changing their names, how they present at school and things like that, that technically is transitioning. That That's them saying that this is what I want to do. Therefore, the judge ruled that they would be covered. So the judge ruled, this is great news, that trans youth are protected by the Equality Act. Yes, that's right. So at schools, things like that, they cannot be excluded just because they are trans. And they have to be referred to by their correct gender. Absolutely. In the NHS, in the hospital system. Yeah. Even if they haven't started surgery or HRT. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pretty big positive yeah, to absolutely. take from the take from the whole thing. A lot more protection because currently the, it is a bit of a grey area. And with everything going on in the media, this is absolutely great because we're actually saying, yes, you are covered. And it gives so much more protection for those people who are so vulnerable at that age. And back to the, the waiting times for, for trans people in England. Is that back to square one? Um, are you not, appealing? Or? Not quite. We are going to appeal. So we need to submit the necessary application. And that will go back to the judge that handed down the judgment. And we'll have to see what they say. If they don't allow it, then we'll apply to the Court of Appeal. I don't really understand law. So when <laughs> when do you envisage that, that the next step of this is going to be? If they accept our appeal case, then we would go through, I would probably say end of the year. The court system's in a bit of a, a mess at the moment, up and down the country. So, yeah, it just depends on just where the court system. In. Yeah, <laughs> like, the they could of course they could of course go on strike at any point. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> everyone they, else, they've been threatening to um, do right. Uh, have they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawyers and barristers. They did, yeah, yeah. They came to a settlement. A gay and a non-gay. I'd also love to chat to you about what's going on in Scotland, mm. right? And the GRA law changing. So the GRA is the Gender Recognition Act and the whole idea of this country did like a, a consultation on it. To, oh. Go on, go on. No, it's probably better you explain it rather than me trying to gay-splain it. Okay, so yeah, the GRA, um, Gender Recognition Act, uh, under Theresa May's government, 
they were looking to reform it, make it a lot simpler, make it a lot more, a lot more fair. How for, many prime ministers ago is that now? Four? Uh, I've, I've lost count. <laughs> it, it, it is just musical chairs at this point. So the idea is to streamline the whole process of obtaining a gender recognition certificate. Mm. Um, unfortunately, Theresa May didn't last long. So that kind of got shelved. And then recently we've had Scotland basically reforming theirs. Let's just, um, again, I'm making this really easy for anyone that doesn't understand all of this. So a gender recognition certificate, what rights does that grant someone? It doesn't actually grant anybody any more rights than what they actually had to begin with. It's an administrative process. So it basically allows you to update the gender marker on your birth certificate. It allows you, when you die, to have the correct gender marker and allows you to retire at the correct age. So does it allow me, if I had a gender recognition certificate, would it allow me to go into a different bathroom or a different like space what are the changes no changes no no changes i mean let's face it who carries a birth certificate and who asks for to see your birth certificate yeah. before you go into the toilet the whole thing about going to the toilet now is done on a self-identification basis so you know if you think oh i'm going into the men's you go into the men's it's really that simple so when it comes to self-identification for the gender recognition reform in scotland yeah that's to take away the process which is very bureaucratic it takes ages it's you know you need to provide two years of evidence here in england and wales in scotland it's basically you make a statutory declaration and it you can get it done in three to six months as long as there are no issues that's what the new legislation in Absolutely, scotland is yeah and it's called self-id because you don't need a, a diagnosis you basically make that determination yourself and there's been a lot of crap going on especially in the media about people who obtain gender recognition certificate to abuse single-sex spaces and all that but women now don't ask don't get asked for a birth certificate to go to the toilet no one's going to go through the you know, this whole process just to obtain a gender recognition certificate to then go and abuse those spaces let's face it when you apply for that gender recognition certificate your details will be you know taken and probably on a database anyway so why would you do that i don't think i've ever seen my birth certificate no it's I've like i've never seen i don't even know where it is my mum must have it but i've never i've not seen it i don't need it it's like your record of achievement when when, when you ever asked for that and so a gender recognition certificate is effectively just a slight it's like a tipex over your birth certificate just saying oh actually this person is this gender pretty much yeah and it allows you when you marry um it allows your correct gender to be recorded and so yeah there's, there's nothing illegal about going to a different toilet anyway right i mean i use the ladies all the time because <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm laughing but i said the same thing yesterday to you off air sometimes it's nicer yeah if i'm in an office or whatever because there's not likely to be like a big queue of girls waiting for it i actually do really want to talk about this because i just think it's it's so funny that these people who are gender critical make these ridiculous arguments to scare people because yeah like i've been i go in female toilets in nightclubs if the gents are horrendous or if there's no cubicle i might check with someone if it's okay but i'm gonna do it and a lot of these clubs have gender neutral toilets anyway And a disabled toilet is always gender neutral. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone um, has a gender neutral toilet at home. So it's, it's not a new concept at so all. So it just doesn't make any sense that people argue that this is going to happen. In rock clubs, by the way, you always see girls and the gents as well. And everyone's like, crack on, because there's always a massive queue right. in the girls' toilet. Absolutely. So girls yeah. just start the using those. When you, when you go to the toilet, you just you do your business and you go. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need complicating. However, there are these people who have created this manufactured hysteria over what a gender recognition certificate does. And I think even within the LGBTQ plus community, there's a lot of misinformation floating around. There are still people you know, who, who are part of the queer community who do think, well, you know, maybe my rights could be at risk here. And that's largely down to politicians, the media, all pushing out 
absolute lies, misinformation, and nobody actually going on record to say, this is all it does. This is what we're going to tell people. And the thing is, this whole self-ID process is nothing new. There are 14 countries that have the same thing. Argentina last year celebrated their 10th anniversary of self-ID. Not a single case of it being abused. Our closest neighbours, Ireland, they've had it since 2015. Again, not a single case. So you've got 14 countries internationally with no statistics, no evidence to show it's been abused. Yet what what's going on here? You know, why, why all of a sudden would trans women in the UK suddenly abuse that? So what's been the change then since Theresa May? Boris Johnson? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, Stoking it's, it's, the, yeah, the fires. It's and... moved toward more, very more towards the right wing side of things. And yeah. when you've got prime minister after prime minister, things are looking a bit uncertain. When Rishi Sunak came on board, he had to make some deals and get the right wing side of the Tory party to support him. That means having to make compromises. So there's a lot of politics involved. And unfortunately, we're kind of the political football. Trans women are, are women, but in the prison context, there is no automatic right for a trans woman. So there are contexts where a trans woman is not a woman? No, there is... <laughs> there is circumstances in which a trans woman uh, will be housed in the male prison estate. Is there any the context in which a woman born as a woman will be housed in the male estate? Look, we're talking here about trans women. And I'm now asking about women born as women. Uh, I don't think there are circumstances there, uh, but... So it's different for trans women? Well, yes, and I, I'm not... So they're not equal? That is not... The, there is a risk assessment process. As we're recording this, there was a situation where Nicola Sturgeon had to choose to send a trans woman into a male prison because this particular trans woman had raped... I mean, it's just awful. And Nicola got sort of tied up when talking about it and it, it all just gave so much um, smoke and fire to the gender-critical mob. How do you feel about that? It's a delicate area when it comes to the prison service. Um, as far as I knew, the person involved, she was housed in a, a women's prison to begin with. And it's come to light that they transitioned after committing the crime. So they were sentenced when they were presenting as male. I mean, personally, the way that I see it, they could have been trans whilst they were, you know, before, whilst they committed those crimes. But we have to look at it on a case by case situation and assess the risk factors there. The thing is, well, when we look at this whole putting trans women in a women's prison, it gives them access to commit crimes. Well, you know, cisgender women can be sexual predators as well. When you put them in a women's prison, are you not giving them what they want? What about gay men who are sent to a men's prison? Are you not giving them what they want? So why is it one rule for them and another rule for, for trans women? Yeah, I, com I completely agree. And it's so strange to me that people can't see that side of the argument and it goes back to bathrooms as well like gay men might i might go into a bathroom with dan and look at his dick but no one's worried about that or at least maybe they are now <laughs> maybe i've created a whole new problem dan's gonna um, be on edge now wow. but it is also it's always trans women it's never trans men no one's worried about trans men going into men's prisons it's just insane it's yeah. just such a stupid dumb argument and, and i i'm sure you have a different opinion or the same but to me it's always been abundantly clear that people like jk rowling have a problem with men absolutely yeah. and rightly so because men are fucking awful and have done some terrible things and you know even if we just look at the police force mm. in this country right now there's there's wow. a thousand male police officers that are under investigation for misogyny and abuse against women yeah and no one's worrying about that they're just worrying about one trans woman in a prison also you i would be quite worried about a trans man being in a well, prison yeah that's the thing when we medically but that's not going to go down well is it when medically transitioning testosterone is a much more powerful hormone than estrogen so 
trans men, you know, you could have a full beard, you could, they could work out. So if, if we say that trans people have to use the toilet according to what they were assigned at birth, you would have a trans man in a women's toilet looking very, very masculine. How do you police that? You know, technically a sexual predator can then go in the women's toilets and say, don't worry, I'm a trans man. Well, it just, the whole argument just falls down, doesn't it? Because, Absolutely. You know, I do, it's I, nonsense. I guess what I was getting at is it's not going to be that popular in certain male prisons to come out as a trans man, right? No. And But nobody's ever concerned about that. It's and, only ever about trans women because yeah. they, they see trans women as men. They see trans men as confused lesbians. <laughs> I'm glad we're sort of having these nuanced debates about stuff within our own community because I've often thought about these different arguments like, oh, well, what about a gay man in the toilet or whatever? But you always don't, you don't want to give them more <laughs> content, yeah. do you? But actually, I think it is important because the more you throw out all of this nonsense, the more the whole thing just falls down. Yeah, and when we look at people, we can't just write them off or base decisions on certain things. We have to look at intersectionality as well. You can say that we belong to a group that only looks after lesbians, gays and bisexuals, for example. But trans people can be lesbian, they can be gay, they can be bisexual as well. So, you know, you, you can't simply just pigeonhole people into certain categories and then write them off based on that. And the UK government blocked the Gender Recognition Act in Scotland. Today, I will make an order under Section 35 of the Scotland Act 1998, preventing the Gender Recognition Reform Scotland Bill from proceeding to royal assent. So Section 35 is this never-before-used piece of legislation that allows them to prevent something that Scottish Parliament has voted for from uh, receiving royal assent. Every piece of legislation that becomes law requires uh, royal assent. So they've essentially used Section 35 to block it. And the reasons that they've stated are that it clashes with the Equality Act, which it doesn't. In fact, on the government's own website, it doesn't. You've got to wonder why he's bothered picking this political fight on this issue, because surely if you were him, you would just go, well, Scotland have done that. Let's just stay out of it for an easy life. I don't know why you would pick this fight. Popularity. I mean, but is it that popular? I mean, he, he wasn't really the choice for prime minister first yeah. time around. He in his it, own party, right? Yeah, I mean, he kind of got the he, he kind of got the role through clearing, basically. <laughs> um, so he needs people to like him. So he needs those people within that party, his own party, to, to prop him up. And by pulling this sort of move, it keeps them happy. You know, it keeps the donors happy. That's the only oh reason God, I can think of. The donors. I forgot about the donors. Oh yeah, someone's got to pay for that wallpaper. But even somehow. even <laughs> that being as it may, that move I think is a disaster for him because you're going to wind up all of Scotland, yeah. even the people who don't want independence. It's going to turn them towards independence because they're going to go, oh, you can just do that whenever you like. We didn't realise that. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. It. it exposes the fact that at any point Westminster can go. No, we don't like that. We, you know, we we like what you've done over the last six years, but no, we 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 want you to do something different. Where does it end? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
Northern Ireland doesn't have a functioning government right now because no. of Brexit. Yeah. And now Scotland has a government that's being blocked from its own decisions. Mm-hmm. What's next? Apparently Wales. Um, <laughs> so Mark Drakeford, who is the first minister for Wales, has basically gone on record to say that he will be looking to introduce something similar to what Scotland have done with gender recognition reform. Great. I didn't realise you had an answer to that. And it's so funny that you did. But I was yeah. going to say Wales as a joke. And then you said Wales as the, as the <laughs> I mean, that is insane. I mean, it's uh, fantastic yeah. that Wales are doing that. And... That's absolutely what should happen. You're someone with a legal brain. You've sued the NHS with the Good Law Project. So if using Section 35, the the grounds for that is that it undermines the Equality Act and it factually doesn't, does that mean that the government can be sued now? So that Scotland are allowed to go through with their proposed changes? So it will, as far as I know, it will go to the High Court for a judge to make a decision. So they'll basically request a judicial review. They'll look at both sides of it. They'll examine the law. And if it's found that it does not clash with the Equality Act, then if they've got no other reason or excuses to block it and use Section 35, then they can't, they'll have to withdraw it. Uh, fingers crossed then. See you in Strasbourg. <laughs> Why Strasbourg? Does nobody know that? It's no, not, no. It's, oh, it's not on Partridge line. What? Don't, no. don't, don't Why don't Strasbourg? Because that's where the UMP and Court of... Great callback to thanks. a show from 10 years ago. Thanks. <laughs> See you in Strasbourg. This is hard for queer people to face this every single day. There's so much hate and it's just coming at us constantly. Mm. And this trans conversation, I mean, it's so upsetting. Like I put on the radio or the television and they're, they're always debating trans people's lives and trans people aren't involved. They're not in those conversations. Nope. That's hard even just for me to listen to. So for you, how do you find the strength to deal with that every day? Antidepressants. <laughs> Wonderful. Great answer. No, um, <laughs> having the support of like my wife, who, you know, who's always been my rock. Um, she's always been incredibly supportive. My best friend. They're the two people that have been there for me since day one, since I came out. But also the strength of the community. We're all on the same page. We all know what is right and what is wrong. We know that there are allies, even though there aren't allies that are active and, you know, shouting about it. We know that they are there. So collectively, we are really resilient. We shouldn't have to be, but we are. I think if we cave in and just give in now, we're basically saying, you know, do what you want, you know, you win. And we, we can't have that. We've come too far to actually do that. I've waited until, you know, I was like 37 when I came out. And I'm, I can't help but think, if I give in now, I've wasted my life. I have a chance to be me, to be my authentic self now. And I'm not going to let anybody stand in the way of that because I'm entitled to this. I, I, you know, I, I'm entitled to live my life how I want to. And this is how I choose to live it, to be me. And thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support Gain and Non-Gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.